You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Morphology Podcast, aka Murph here to share interviews about biking experiences from cyclists who have pedaled to places all over. Each week, we'll get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder, why haven't I done that yet? Well, I recently spent a week riding my bike in Florida with the Rum Runner Tour and asked the tour host to join me on this podcast. Pat Maben and Bill Plock both have a ton of experience as event organizers and run this successful bicycle tour that leads riders through the Florida Everglades and all the way down to Key West. The Rum Runner Tour will introduce you to really cool places that you might not find on your own. Plus, they take care of all the logistics, so all you have to do is ride your bike and enjoy. Their next tour is coming up in mid-January of 2024, so if you're looking for something warm and fun to get you through the winter, this is it. Find out more info at rumrunnertour.com. And for now, here's my interview with Pat and Bill. All right, a very warm welcome to Mr. Pat Maben and Mr. Bill Plock. Hey, guys. Hola. How are you doing, Kathy Murphy? I'm great. How about you, Bill? I am well. Just back in the cold, you know, after almost two weeks in Florida. Oh, gosh, yeah. I'm back in the cold. Actually, while we're recording this, we're each in a different time zone, and I think <laughs> Pat Maben is winning as far as warm weather and no snow. Well, I'm in the Everglades. I'm kind of in the swamp land, and so I'm on Eastern um, time, and I'm pretty deep down in the swamp. But good news is the bats and the snakes keep the bugs away. So, <laughs> And when you say you're deep in the swamp, you're not literally in the swamp at this very moment. Well, no, I'm in a campground, but uh, I can see the swamp from where I'm sitting. Oh, my I'm gosh. I'm not far away. So, <laughs> you know, well, I, I chose just a post-ride adventure uh, to try to see about camping in the Everglades and riding my bike and yeah. kayak and, and stuff like that. So, anyway, that's where I am. I'm in, I'm in the Everglades. Okay. And then, Bill, you're in Colorado, right? I am. <clears throat> I'm in Arvada, suburb of Denver. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Well, we all um, know each other very well, and um, mostly because of bicycling. And I was lucky enough to just complete what's called the Rum Runner Tour. And that was in Florida. And I, I talked a little bit about it in the intro before we sat down together via phone. But I wanted to get on, and since you two are the tour directors, I wanted to kind of get some inside scoop and let's tell the listeners a little bit about the Rum Runner Tour. What do you think? Okay. Uh, go first. I'll, I'll catch on. Okay. Well, before we even get into Rum Runner Tour, like, Bill, will you tell the listeners a little bit, maybe the short version of your background and uh, maybe the bike focus on it? Yeah, of course. Um, so I, I own an organization called 303 Endurance, and that's kind of a content-oriented um, <clears throat> site about cycling and through stories and pod. I have my own podcast and that kind of thing. So I'm involved in the cycling community in that regard. 
but I've also gotten into uh, working on bike events. I directed Ride the Rockies last year, and then I started my own ride this year called Colorado's Ride, Mm. and that was I had our first ride in August of this year, and so I've I've done that, and then I've just you know competed a lot in Ironmans and different cycling events, and then I partnered with Pat to do the Rum Runner tour so um kind of a diverse background as both a media person a, a cyclist and a event organizer excellent and how about you pat well i've been around the bike space for about 15 years primarily in uh, supporting events for primal wear i was the director of events for primal wear for i don't know 13 years and i left and uh, started doing some other things uh, still do some work for Primal on occasion, but my focus these days is Rum Runner Tour, mm-hmm. and I was fortunate to link up with Bill and form a partnership, and so I've been able to take my events experience from Primal Wear and uh, fold that into uh, our own tour, which uh, we were also blessed to have you join us on December 1st, and we're looking forward to our next tour which starts on January 19th. Yes, that's coming right up. And on a side note, uh, Primal Wear is the jersey that the Morphology jersey comes from. So I believe it also is the Rum Runner Tour jersey. It is indeed, and aren't we smart looking in our respective jersey? (laughs) Yes, yes. I would like to tell you I'm wearing my Rum Runner jersey right now, but it's not true because it's too cold here in Iowa. Right, (laughs) well... You know, obviously Primal has been part of Rum Runner Tour for the last couple of years, and we're blessed to have them as a sponsor. And yes, they indeed provide the jerseys. And I just thought everybody looked really good in their snappy Primal Wear stuff last week, yourself included. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I got to tell you guys, like being able to, you know, the next Rum Runner Tour is coming up mid-January. And like I was going to say, I got to tell you, being able to leave cold Iowa to go to Florida and not have to worry about anything except get up, get on my bike, ride my bike, go to bed, repeat, was like a blast. And I I don't know if on your end it was the same, but man, it was amazing. Well, we try to make it uh, such that that's all you have to focus on, Kathy. And That's part of what we have to offer, and that is that we know some cool places in Florida. We know where to stay. We know where to eat. We know where to set up aid stations. So it takes all of that planning off your plate and puts it on our plate. Mm -hmm. And the other service that we provide is that, obviously, we move your luggage every day. And when you get to the hotel, your big um, quandary is, where am I going to eat? And let's have a drink before we go out. (laughs) We try to make that seamless to the riders. Yeah, and I'll add to that, you also offer, you picked us up from the airport. So you, you know, for those of the people on the Rum Runner tour that brought their own bikes, you know, shipped their bikes on the airplane, you picked up bikes, luggage, people, and transported them to the hotel. And for me, I rented a bike, and so you um, helped facilitate that. And we should probably give a shout-out to Naples Cyclery. Um, I, I, maybe... Well, I shouldn't say it too loud because my other bikes are listening, but it was an awesome bike to ride. <laughs> well, yeah, right. we're, we're blessed in that we have two partnerships with local bike shops. One is, as you mentioned, Naples Cyclery in Naples, but we also have a partnership on the other side of the state with Mac 
and Max Cycles, and those are pro shops, you know, well-known in their communities, and they give our riders the same kind of service that we hope to deliver ourselves. They're pro-quality shops offering pro-quality bikes and service, so it looks as though you had a good experience, and that was a particularly swell bike that you ended up with, uh, making you fast and uh <laughs> like you were right at ease and comfortable on that high-end bike yeah and I mean dare I say I look good too I don't know I I didn't couldn't see myself but in photos I was like damn that is a nice bike <laughs> <laughs> well one of you can you give me maybe Pat um give us a little history of rum runner tour because I know that the one that I just was on was not the first one so tell the listeners like what it's about, where it is, and how it came to be. So it's, I've been coming down here when I lived in Colorado. I came down to Florida numerous times and rode in the Keys in the wintertime because through Primal, I had reasons to be in Florida in the wintertime. So I always thought it'd be fun to ride the Keys. So I did that several times uh, on my own and with buddies, um, you know, so I wasn't solo. But then, you know, fast forward when I left Primal, you know, I was talking to Dave Edwards and Dave said, you know, I'd really like to ride down there. Do you know how to do it? And I said, man, do I know how to do it? So <laughs> we we put together a small group with Dave and some other friends and family of Primal. And we did sort of a proof of concept ride. Um, and Bill Plock was on that ride as well. And mm. I think we, we hooked him into this adventure by, by that ride. And then moving forward, we decided that was a good idea and that we thought we would be able to attract you know, riders. So we decided to do it last year and we, we did, we launched last year and we did 20 riders, um, virtually the same ride that you did, Kathy. Mm -hmm. And then that led us to just on the interest level that we gauged, we had, we thought we'd do two this year. So that's led us to having a December ride and now a January ride as well. And um, I just think, you know, people in Iowa, people in Colorado, certainly in Colorado, if you're not into snow sports, you don't want to be in Colorado when it's cold. You'd rather be riding your bike. Right. For sure. For sure. And where does it start and where does it end? They'll take it. Well, as in our current offering, we take everybody from Naples through the Everglades with a stop in Everglades City. Um, We then stop at an airboat tour. And people do that, which I'd love to hear how you like that when we get to that. Um, and then we transport you to Miami, we ride around Key Biscayne, take people over to South Beach, and then we ride to Key Largo via Robert is Here, which is a really fun little fruit stand. It's not so little, it's actually huge. Um, then Key Largo to Marathon and Marathon to Key West. Awesome. And I'm sure, I mean, come on, everyone should know what the keys are, but it's literally like one highway that connects all of these little islands. And when you get to Key West, you are at, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're at the southernmost point of the United States. Is that true? That is correct. And it's it's not only just a highway, there's a lot of history there. Both Bill and I are kind of railroad people or history buffs, I guess. And the road that you ride your bike on is the roadway, the road bed of the original 1912 Overseas Railroad oh. that attempted to link, to link um, northern Florida with Key West. And it was successful. A, a railroad was built against incredible odds and hardship and weather and hurricanes, and a rail link was completed. 
That railroad ultimately went bankrupt during the Depression. The state of Florida took over the roadbed and turned it into the overseas highway. So you're writing history. You're writing the same, seeing the same views that a person in a railroad car would have seen in 1912 when they got on in St. Augustine and ended up in Key West. A lot of history. Wow, that's pretty cool. So you're saying way back in the day, the only way you could get to Key West would be by boat or or rail car. That's why when the railway was completed, it opened up all the lower keys to development and uh, obviously real estate a boom that happened, you know, after the depression. But Bill and I love the history of the keys. It's not just riding bikes down there and eating grilled seafood. It's amazing to think of the technology and the engineering that went into creating a railway link between St. Augustine and Key West against unbelievable odds. Mm -hmm. And you're that history every single day. Just a pro tip on that. If you want to read about it, it's called, there's a book called the last train to paradise. And it really is a really good read. It's well-written and it talks about that entire history. That's where we're getting a lot of this information out of that book. But it's, um, as you probably noticed, Murph, the uh, Key West is a legit city. Like it's oh, for pretty, sure. it's pretty cool, you know. And in 1900, it was the second largest city in Florida. Oh, Miami really? Was, yeah, Miami was just this little tiny fishing village. Uh, uh, Jacksonville was legit. Uh, St. Augustine and Flagler wanted to connect all that via this railroad. But yes, Key West was really happened in town and it was all by boat Mm, that is super interesting and i think um i'm gonna go to like the middle of our trip when we biked over what's called the seven mile bridge and it's exactly what it is it's seven miles of a bridge that you pass over but next to it was i think it's literally called the old seven mile bridge now was that at one time, a railroad then turned into road, then abandoned? Yes. Kathy, that was the original 1912 railway. Ah, so okay. that, that bridge was built at a time when everybody told Henry Flagler, it's impossible. You can't do this. Mm-hmm. You'll never be able to build over that expanse of ocean. And he just did it out of sheer you know, willfulness. But yes, you were looking at what the bridge looked like in 1912. That's the original railroad bridge to our right as we were heading on the new bridge down toward Kipa. Incredible. And then if I remember right, we got to the end of the Seven Mile Bridge. It may have been the next bridge, but if you looked over to your left, there was what looked like a railroad bridge that was still intact. There weren't trains on it, but it still looked old and vintage and maybe some history there too all true that's bahia honda and it's a really interesting snapshot of what the railway would have looked like in 1912 so you're right that's a remnant one of the few sort of existing pieces of the railway that still has the trestles and the tracks and you know you can squint your eyes and see a train coming down that track Mm -hmm. but um so yes we were on the new bridge now and looking over at the old bridge, the 1912 bridge. So what's crazy about that bridge you bring up is that if you look at it carefully, it's actually two bridges. Um, yeah, it looked like it looked like uh, there was stuff, something on the top and in the middle. Yeah, so the the bottom slash middle was the train, and on the top was where cars were driving. Ah. Oh. 
Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Now I need to go back and so I can look at it again, <laughs> but maybe I'll just go look at that book or something like that. So yeah, I, I second what Bill said about that book. It's fascinating. It's not just about trains. It's about the Gilded Age and, and money and what one man's vision could do when money was limitless. Mm-hmm. He was Dundee Rockefeller's second in charge. Um, and he took all that money out of Standard Oil and decided to build a railroad. Railroad. Wow. So it's all it was private money is what you're saying. Private money. Wow. No, no, no bonds, no public money, you know, nothing. Just Henry Flagler wanting to build a railroad out of his own pocket, which is amazing to me. And he was successful against all odds and against everybody telling him he would never cross that seven mile stretch to be a Honda. But he did. Wow. Until 1935, when a hurricane, the most powerful hurricane, I think, to date, ever, literally yeah. rolled in and blew the train off the track and killed hundreds of people. Oh, no way. Yep. And that's, they closed it at that point. It was just too much to repair, and that shut it down. And then in the subsequent eight to ten years, they built a highway. So the way they kind of did it was that 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 right away became a road as it went down the keys and mm-hmm. in the critical expanses where it was destroyed they would use um ferries to take cars between the different points to get oh. to key west but they eventually made it a road okay Okay, so I want to circle back because this is segueing into an important question of who should go on the Rum Runner tour and I've already I feel like I can answer it by two different ways. Well, three different ways. If you like biking, do the Rum Runner tour. If you like history, do the Rum Runner tour because of what we just talked about. And then the the obvious one, if you like rum, you should do the Rum Runner <laughs> tour. But, right. but what are what are your thoughts on who should do the Rum Runner tour? You are spot on, although I'm not <laughs> sure that you have those in the proper sequence. But <laughs> I will tell you, a Rum Runner, the drink, is quite potent. So it's not something yeah. that you want to drink all day, every day, but it is a nice refresher. We had a Rum Runner party one night, and it was awesome. But I don't know that I'd want to drink those every day. No, I don't want to leave the impression this is all about drinking rum. I think the excitement is seeing the keys from two wheels yes. and look on your right-hand side and looking at the Gulf of Mexico. And on your left-hand side is the Atlantic Ocean. And they're like 30 yards apart. So there's that's the real reason to do it, just to get outside on your bike and see water and that blue expanse of ocean to your to your left. And yeah, you know, rum's part of it, but it's not the driving force. The driving force is to go somewhere when it's warm in January and ride your bike and see beautiful places and wear shorts and t-shirts and, and do that without having to do any of the logistics yourself. Right. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. Go ahead, Bill. Well, and the food, I mean, there's a a lot of great seafood. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love Moe's down in Key West, but there were some other places. I mean, the grouper and the snapper are, always pretty darn fresh and really good. And there's just lots of opportunities to taste some of the local kinds of cuisine. I mean, and I think Key West really is a separate world from the other parts of the Keys. You, you kind of go from a more Latino kind of culture in Miami, let's say. Let, let, let me back up. So Naples is kind of more of a standard American culture, I would call it. Everglades City is more of a blue-collar 
um, it could be a town in Iowa with palm trees, right? I yeah. mean, kind of that, <laughs> yeah. that feel. And then you cross the Everglades and you get to Miami and you got Cuban influence and you've got the Latino influence and you've got just the glitz of Miami. But then you get in the Keys and the first couple of Keys are kind of similar, but then you get to Key West, it's very Caribbean. Mm-hmm. If you from Haiti and um, deeper into the Caribbean who have an influence on the, on the type of food and just the culture. So you really do get a nice cross-section of different kinds of culture on that whole tour. A quick interruption to tell you this week's episode is sponsored by the Buffalo Lodge Bicycle Resort. Located in Colorado Springs, Colorado, this is the outdoor enthusiast, ideal place to stay for fun and relaxation. The lodge is nestled at the base of Pikes Peak and just a half mile from Garden of the Gods Park. Learn more at BicycleResort.com. Now back to the show. And the fun of, I mean, I would say the food was amazing. I mean, you know, number one reason was the biking. Number two, Uh, meeting all the people in the group and, you know, having them become family by the end of the week. And then third was the food. And the best part of the food is, you know, there was a a fairly large group of us, right? So everyone orders something different. And then you're looking at your own food like, oh, my God, this is the best meal ever. And then you look at your neighbor and you're like, whoa, 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 what do you have over (laughs) there? Like, or what does this guy over here have? And um, just seeing all the options, like I certainly did not lose weight on this trip and I wasn't <laughs> intending to. So I love that part of it as well. Bill, Bill knows this story. I was at a restaurant in Miami and I was drinking rum from Panama served to me by a Cuban bartender in an Argentinian restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And that, that's the kind of culture, call it a culture clash. I love it. I mean, I dig it. It's, it's great. And those people are so warm and they're so friendly. We didn't have a bad experience. Oh, for sure. A local the whole time, right? right? Florida's smart about tourism, right? And they realize that tourists, whether they come on two wheels or four wheels, bring money. And the the emphasis on tourism in Florida is positive and, you know, you can feel it. So you're not going to have a bad time in Florida on a bike. Don't right. let the politics scare you off from Florida mm-hmm. because... It's a it's a friendly place. Again, I point out that over the course of seven or eight days, we didn't have a negative experience with anybody on the road that I'm aware of. So uh, and I never have. It's just the way it is down there. Yeah, I would agree with that. And we we probably or I'm going to point out. I mean, Pat and I have been friends for a long time. And before the Rum Runner tour existed, I can tell you with confidence that Pat knows his rum. So if you end up on the Rum Runner tour, you know, A, you already know that you're going to learn about the history because you've got two directors that are telling you all about the history. But Pat is going to tell you a little bit about rum if you want to hear it, right? If, if I don't bore you, sometimes I look at people and their eyes are rolling back in their head and they don't right. talk about rum. But it's just one of the things I enjoy. Some people like scotch. Some people like bourbon. I like rum, you know, and I know a little bit about it and I'm happy to share with anybody that's interested. Yeah. I, have, I have a question for you, Kathy. Yeah. So you, you wrote it, you hadn't written it before. I'd love to hear maybe how maybe the experience might've been different than you might've been expecting what you took away from it. 
Oh, yeah. So um, actually, it was probably eight years ago, I did ride from Miami to the Keys, uh, to Key West, with a small group of about 12 people, but we were all self-contained. So we had everything we needed on our bikes, and we camped the entire time. So, you know, with that said in itself, experience was way, way, way different because we were at a much slower pace. We didn't really know where we were going. We kind of had a little notepad with places to camp along the way. Um, So the logistics were, were much more difficult than with you guys because you guys did all the the homework ahead of time so I didn't have to worry about any of that but um, knowing that you guys found the little hole in the wall bars or the places with the good food or you had already met owners of restaurants or owners of uh, cafes or coffee houses so you had all that homework done ahead of time so it was really fun to experience um the culture in each of the areas. And I, and what comes to top of mind was our last meal together. Uh, was it Haitian food? It's yep. Haitian Creole, and it's a mom-and-pop operation. Oh, my Their gosh. Bust the tables. They are just the sweetest people on the planet. They're all about you enjoying their food. And I just love the, I just love the juju you get when you go in that place. It's called Moe's, Moe's Restaurant. It's been around for a long time. Mo's the chef, his wife works the front, and they love introducing us to Caribbean Haitian Creole cuisine. Yes. Um, I love it, so I'm glad you liked it as well. I loved it. And then also, if we back up, um, I don't remember the town because that's just how I am. Even any event, I never remember the towns. But where the man who owned the place was right there with us, and we had shrimp, and we had sandwiches, Mm. and we had... Uh, this amazing it was a Cuban bread I can't remember yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> that 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 was outside was in the Everglades it yes was outside of Lake City and it's on an island called Chocoloxy Island and uh, that was a a, a a fellow that Bill and I met along the way once again just friendly as can be he prides himself on what he calls cracker cuisine <laughs> 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 and I love that term uh, and, you know, he was glad to have us. And as soon as we walked in, he was bringing us food. And I like that about that guy. He was also interested in the history of the Keys and certainly a, a smaller uh, section, which is the Everglades. So, yeah, that was a memorable evening. And I really enjoyed that guy. His name is Jamie. Yeah. And I think um, his family, he had lots of history about his family being from the area and all that kind of good stuff. So I absolutely loved it. So Bill, to follow up with your question, it was an amazing experience that I would highly recommend to anybody. Did you see? And you saw an alligator along the way, didn't you? Oh gosh, I saw many alligators, and that was my next. <laughs> yeah. That was my next topic. Was um, I'm sure if people are going to sign up for the Rum Runner tour, I don't know that you can guarantee they will see live alligators. But we certainly did many, many times. I've seen them where I am. I've seen several today. I saw an eagle today. I saw what I think might have been uh, a bear running away. And the ranger came around and gave everybody a bear alert in my campground. Oh, wow. Oh, really? There's lots of critters around in the Everglades and throughout Florida. They're 
there's a unique species of deer called the key key deer. They're bobcat. Uh, birds are plenty. I've seen parrots as well. So um, that's part of the attraction. And yes, I can guarantee you're going to see alligators. <laughs> that's, that's a slam dunk right there. That's a slam dunk. <laughs> well, and if um, you are taking the tour through Robert is Here, we need to talk about that place for sure because not only is it a former teeny tiny fruit stand, they have, I'm going to say every animal you can think of. They've got the llamas, mm -hmm. they've got cows, they've got tons Turtles, of goats, yeah, yeah. parrots. Um, it, they've got a little bit of everything. But um, Bill, will you tell us like how Robert is here, maybe got the name or I mean, what is it all about? I'm going to let Pat say that. I oh, don't okay. know that story very well. I'll, I'll, Pat knows I'll, it give, better. I'll give you the quick version. It was a family farm. And their son, when he was about 12, decided he was going to sell oranges to tourists on the highway. So he took a card table and set it up on that corner, a corner of their family farm and tried to sell oranges. But no one was stopping. So the kid went back to his mom and said, look, I don't think I'm very good at this. And she said, well, you need a sign you know, so people will see you. So he found a four by eight sheet of plywood spray painted. Robert is here <laughs> on his plywood set it out on the corner and the rest is history his business took off and now it's a huge thing i would describe it as a florida roadside attraction to say it's a fruit stand does it an injustice it's, oh, an, yeah. I, it's like a circus you know that uh it's a, still a family business on a family farm and one of their specialties is these amazing smoothies they make out of fruits that you've never heard of so right. started by a kid when he was like 12 or 13 and he's still involved in the business today but that's a good example kathy because we know about those places and we want to introduce our riders to those places that they may not find on their own right robert is here is a unique thing it's a little bit out of the way but it's worth it oh so, totally worth it and they had every sort of fruit that I've never seen and never knew I wanted to know about. Like, you, you know, you could you could buy it. And um, if you'd want to buy something like, you know, while you're on your bike ride, you guys were there with the support vehicles. So um, I don't know if any other people, you know, bought stuff for later. But gosh, there was some cool looking fruit. Of course, I can't remember any names right now. But what was interesting is, you know, I go up, I order my smoothie because that's what you do. And while you're waiting for your smoothie to get done, I'm like looking at all the fruits. And then I look kind of in the distance and I'm like, well, I wonder what's back there. And you walk back there and it's like 10 times bigger than the actual fruit stand. And it's all these cool animals that are doing their own thing, living together and not to mention, and this is weird, I don't know if you guys planted this, but there are, like, chickens and roosters running around free everywhere. Like, every <laughs> hotel we stayed at, almost every bar we went to, there'd just be a random rooster and chicken. So, do you guys, is that part of the Rum Runner tour that you plant yeah, those we, everywhere? We do that. We, we have a trailer full of wild fowl, <laughs> and we take them wherever we go, and we release them out. It's just, it's just part of the keys. It's, yeah. It's, is part of the keys the rooster is another symbol of key west and you can't harm them they're protected it's like any other kind of an animal that's a protected species oh, okay and key west is proud of them and i'm guessing that free range eggs in key west are not hard to come by 
A quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by Lizard Lips Lip Balm. These great lip balms contain natural ingredients, come in a variety of flavors, and you can choose certified organic or balms with sun protection. Check it out at lizardlips.net. Now back to the show. Well, some other things that I think worth are, that are worth mentioning would be uh, the lighthouse at Bill Beggs Cape, Florida State Park, I believe it's called. Yep, exactly. That is beautiful. Um, there's actually a spiral staircase if you want to. I think it's a hundred and some stairs if you want to go to the top of the lighthouse, and you know the views up there are amazing. And then I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you finish. I don't know if it will be on the route in the next trip, but there was an art gallery. I think it was called the Cypress Art Gallery that was really, really cool. Yeah, that's it's called Big Cypress Gallery, and it's an interesting story. It's a photographer who studied under Ansel Adams for years and years ah. and years, and he has this amazing, you know, huge camera format, big, big monster camera that enables him to shoot these photographs that are, you know, five by six, those prints, all in black and white, and generally kind of um, scenes in the Everglades of wildlife and birds mm. and stuff. But he's 80 some odd years old, lives on the property, and that's his gallery of his work. But he was a protege of Ansel Adams, and you can kind of see that in his work. For sure. We found that place fascinating, and I'm glad you got to stop. They were so friendly to us and so helpful that, yes, we'll stop there in January again. There's no reason not to. Yeah. And, you know, you look at some of those photos, and I'm like, oh, that's like, you know, a swamp with a tree in the background. I'm like, I could, that's, I mean, I could take that photo with my own camera. Oh, hell no. Hell no. Oh, hell no. He, <laughs> he nails it. Like his, his photographs are like, you can just, it's one of those deals where you feel like you're in a gallery where you can just stand and look at the same photo for minutes, you know, like longer than you probably would think you want to. It's amazing. Amazing. And I think we've seen, or we were given a little snapshot of his equipment he uses a camera that's like the size of a Volkswagen on a, <laughs> on a tripod standing out in the swamp, you know, up to his waist with this monster camera on this big tripod. And that's the format he chooses to use to get those incredibly sharp, incredibly deep depth of field photographs. Um, you know, it's, it's like civil war kind of technology almost. Um, but you see the result, those huge oh, prints yeah incredibly detailed and sharp so yes. yeah we'll stop and this you know we learned some things too kathy it was fun because we did a pre-ride bill and i did a pre-ride back in september but you know it's good to to go back and and say well i think we'll stop there and then we go there and it was really good so that's what robert is here is like that's what the lighthouse is like you know that's what that studio is like those are favorite places that have a huge impact on people if they're not inspecting, expecting those kinds of stops. Yes. And to add to that was a airboat ride that we got to take. Hopefully the next tour does as well. And it's literally a boat that floats on top of the water. And I know all boats float, right? But <laughs> Let's say, wait. there's, there's no like engine or motor. I'm not, I don't know the terminology for boats, but there's no things sticking in the water. It's like a big fan that makes them go. And the guy told us 
when there's nobody on the boat that that baby goes 65 miles an hour. I'm glad that we did not go that fast, but wow, it was that was a high, another highlight. I'm glad you enjoyed that. It's uh, it's called an airboat. It has an airplane engine turning a propeller. Oh. So it's opposite of an airplane. The the engine's facing backwards and the thrust comes just like it would on an airplane from a propeller. And they were developed specifically for the Everglades because the water's so shallow. Mm. So when that boat's loaded up with people, it's still, there's only like three or four inches of the boat actually in the water. Yeah. And, so, and obviously, yep. oh, go ahead. I say we'll do that again because how often do you come from Colorado and find yourself on an airboat in the swamp? Right. And, and our pilot or captain or yeah. whatever he was, he was well-versed in the Everglades. Obviously, he had done it many, many times before, but he could point out where he thought alligators were. And then as we cruised around a little bit further, he found the alligators. So um, talk about a boatload full of tourists who are like, oh, my God, there's right. an alligator. Everyone had their cameras out and were making videos right. and pointing. And it, it was really, really cool. And uh, none of the elevator, none of the alligators crawled back into the boat. So we we're thankful for that. Good. Well, I, I know that's pretty amazing, but if you were in my campground, we could walk to the end of this road and I could show you alligators. Uh, that's they're, little... not hard, they're not hard to find in the Everglades. It's amazing. They were one time protected. They're everywhere. And that's a little too close for me, Pat. I'll, I'll pass on that one. But... <laughs> well, okay, to wrap it up uh, from my end, I wanted to point out three other really, really cool parts of Rum Runner Tour. And one of them was actually making it to Key West. And in, in Key West, there's a literal mile marker zero. So you can say, I was at the very end of the United States. I was at mile marker zero. So we went there on bikes. And then not too far from mile marker zero is what's called the southern, uh, southern most southernmost point southernmost point and it's basically this huge buoy and it's an amazing photo op um so we went there and got that photo and then we ended the night with a sunset sail that um i don't know if that was my favorite part of the week but pretty close up there yeah that was a that was a magic night because that's a big sailboat. It's a 54-foot sailboat, and it takes a little breeze to get that boat to move under sail. And that night, because it was a little windy, that boat was moving, which yeah. adds to me, adds to the magic. We also had a great captain, a fun crew, and I I'm glad you enjoyed that, Kathy. I was looking forward to that. It's a great way to see Key West from the water looking back. It's a great way to see the most, arguably, one of the most beautiful sunsets you know, in this hemisphere. Um, I really enjoyed that. And, and I'm, I'm glad you got to do that. I was just going to point out one of the historical fact, the reason why that is mile marker zero, it's where the railroad ended. Oh, so, and the railroads used to have different services available or repair stations or regular passenger stations at different mile markers along the route. Right. So when the train left Key West, it left from mile marker zero. That's where the train station was. Interesting. All right. Well, I was there. You were there. So was so was Henry Flagler in 1912. <laughs> <laughs> and Ernest Hemingway. And Ernest yeah, Hemingway. Yeah, and Ernest Hemingway. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I will point out the, the um, what do you call him, the pilot of the boat, sailboat? 
the yeah, captain? Uh, captain. Captain. Yep. Okay. So the captain was awesome because not only was he barefoot the whole time he was captaining, he one of our guys was doing like a fun photo and his uh, ball cap flew off into the um, water. And this guy was so funny because here we are on this huge sailboat and he's like, hold on, everybody. We're spinning around. We're going to go find that hat. And so he literally flipped a Yui and went back. We did not find the hat, but uh, the guy who lost the hat, we ended up getting a new one in Key West. But it was just so much fun. And that, you know how much trouble that is to turn that boat around, but he did it without even hardly thinking about it. It was cool. I, I was quickly, I was impressed. Yeah. That oh, was yeah. really a nice thing for him to do, right? And he... He wanted to find the hat, so we're going to turn the thing around and go look. <laughs> I know. It was awesome. So It was cool. Well, will you remind everyone when the next tour is scheduled for? Yep. There's two things. First of all, there's a website that's active and accurate. It's called rumrunnertour.com, rumrunnertour.com, and that's going to lead you to a January 19 start. So our next tour begins on January 19. Uh, we will gather in uh, Bonita Springs, uh, and everybody should fly into the Fort Myers Airport, and we'll pick you up mm-hmm. and get you to some uh, silliness the first night pre-ride in Bonita Springs. And then the next day, we launch out of Bonita Springs headed for the Everglades. So January 19th is our next departure. So anybody interested ought to look at the website. They ought to register on the site and then make plans to get themselves to Fort Myers and uh, let us pick you up and introduce you to the Keys by Bicycle. And it's um, there's all kinds of information and photographs on that website. And I will also point out um, is you include the routes, so you include actual maps of where we be biking, and then you also include a GPX file. So if you're somebody who has a bike computer and you like to know turn by turn, you know, I don't know if you are faster than everyone else or maybe want to take your time. It's easy to be able to know where your next stop is and where your next thing is going to be like maybe a photo op or the next break. So that was a nice feature as well. Of course, you can just stay with the crew if you're not into bike computers and you just want to really, truly just have a vacation and enjoy, just follow the guy in front of you. But it's nice to know uh, routes and GPX files. Yeah, and I give credit to Bill on that. He's done a lot of work in keeping those files up to date and accurate and adding and subtracting so that literally you can pre-ride this thing, you know, on your own via Ride with GPS and see exactly where you're going to stop. Gives you the length of every day, starting and ending spots. And also a couple of the fun stops along the way. So it's good. And people are into that. I think we found that people like to know where they're going to go and where they're going to end up. So Bill has done a great job in keeping those files current and updated and spot on in terms of our January 19 trip. And I would like to add, uh, for those of you who are now going to get registered and do the Rum Runner Tour, in addition to all these cool things, um, there are morphology stickers here and there and everywhere along <laughs> this route. So feel free to look for them and take a photo and send it my way. But So 
I think that's a cool thing. Anybody that sees a Murphology sticker <laughs> and documents it is going to get some free socks. How about? I was going to say we got to make this a scavenger hunt on some. <laughs> okay, yeah, perfect. I agree. So and the- if they spot if if they submit proof of that sighting, they're going to get free socks at a minimum and maybe some <laughs> other stuff. Okay, awesome. <laughs> And I will say the Rum Runner Tour socks are pretty awesome. So that's awesome. that's a worthy, awesome. yeah. Well, Bill and Pat, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast all the way from Florida and Colorado and um, excited to tell people about the Rum Runner Tour. And I, I hope that the January crew has as much fun as I just had. Thank you, Kathy. We enjoyed having you on it. It's I got to tell you, the big fun for me personally, and I think Bill feels the same way, is taking people down there who've never done it before. Yeah. Because when you see it for the first time, I wish I'd never seen it for the first time. I wish I'd never been to Key West. You know, it's it's double the fun if you're seeing all that cool stuff for the first time. And and hopefully we're we're cherry picking the things that are unique about the ride and the route and sharing them with our riders. So we were thrilled to have you join us and we'll try to have as much fun. Although that's a pretty high bar. <laughs> we'll do the best we can. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much guys. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Always a pleasure. Well, listeners, that's it for this week. Email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com if you have a topic or the name of a cyclist you find interesting. Support my podcast at patreon.com slash morphology and visit both my Facebook and Instagram pages for daily entertainment. I have more great episodes in the pipeline, so I hope you continue to be a Morphology Podcast listener. (laughs) 